I went walking down the road and I saw a donkey. He hauled and he had three legs. He was a wonky donkey. Wonky donkey. Wonky donkey, yeah. All right, bring it in the podcast this week. Smokey from Corumban Valley Brewing. Wonky donkey. I think you'll agree it's a bit of an upgrade from our normal, fairly dodgy intro music that we use on this podcast. Um, pretty excited about today's episode. I, I um, caught up with two very good friends of mine. Smokey and Luke from Crumbin Valley Brewing, which I'll, I'll bring to you in a second. Before we get started, um, we've got a pretty exciting announcement at Black Ops. We've got the beeries on again this year, and the uh, nominations have just been announced. And we've got two nominations this year, which is really cool. Niall, our new sales rep, who's only been us uh, with us for a matter of months, has been nominated for best sales rep in the industry in Brisbane, which is just so amazing. He's he he was um, new to, a, to to the industry in Australia. Um, new to Black Ops and has just hit the ground running in an amazing way. And so we could not be happier for Niall to get nominated. Um, and the other nominee we have this year is Ali in our tap room. And I think if you've ever been to Black Ops, you'll know that Ali is well deserving of a nomination for the Best Beer Tender Award. Um, if you've enjoyed your experience with these two guys, I would love for you to vote for them. Head over to blackops.com.au forward slash vote and give them the best chance of taking home a beery, which would be a really good recognition for their amazing work that they've done. All right, so this week's episode, um, I chat with Lukey and Smokey from Crumbin Valley Brewing. I headed up the mountain and we sat there and enjoyed a great bubblegum sour and talked about their journey so far and what they've got planned for the future. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Well, I'm here with Luke and Smokey from Crumbin Valley Brewing. Welcome, boys. Hey Dan, it's yeah, good to be morning. here. So good. Um, how would you describe this place, Smokey? It's majestic, would you? Or? <laughs> oh yeah, um, it's, we're pretty bloody lucky to be here, put it that way, mate. It's very cool. Um, I've got, uh, so the format of these podcasts is I've got a bunch of questions for you and then we've got a group that a lot of other people are interested in asking you guys questions too. And so I've got some awesome questions from them. But let's start with, I've known you guys for a long time, so I'll know the answers to some of these questions. But <laughs> when, when did this all start? Like, how did you guys meet? When did you even think about getting into the craft beer thing? Yeah, well, I think today, just uh, I'm going to let Lukey do a, a bit more of the story because unless he's not happy with that, but otherwise, like, yeah, I think... Yeah. Um, you got I no choice. Of, you have to talk. I do a lot of talking <laughs> a lot of the time, so I think we might let Lukey tell the story today. Yeah, I think uh, I was back at the... I think originally was at a gold club meeting that we actually met at old Burley Brewing's first site, I think it was. And um, I think it might have been, I had a double IPA there or something, or... Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, we, we just sort of hit it off and because we have a love of really hoppy beers and like that style is, you know, me and Smokey love it. So I think that's sort of where we originally met. Is that yeah. Right, and at this point you were, if I'm thinking about the right time, you'd had your own sort of like like fun sort of beer brand yourself right but you were sort of homebrewing but you had a name for it and whatnot yeah yeah that's right and yeah it's the same name i'm on instagram so yeah, yeah. punk piss beer, punk piss so, beer. Yeah. <laughs> bit of cross promo there yeah you yeah, actually ever bring sure. that back <laughs> probably get sued by brewdog it's though. probably cool to to throw in there that the reason why i was there at 
Burley Brewing was, you know, well, I really like their Fig Jam IPA, but on a Friday afternoon, that was kind of the closest craft beer joint I could get to back in those days. Well, it was they, the only one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and they yeah. used to have the Gold Club there, and they still do. And um, and I'd go down there, and I met Eddie, one of your co-founders as yep. well, and found out that he went to the same high school as me. And, yeah, and, you know, I used to go down there quite often, and I'd, I'd sort of ask one day, I think, what's going on in that shed back there, you know? Because it used to be out of the main kind of tap room, and... And that's how I ended up meeting up with Lukey there and, yeah. and tasting some of his beers, and it was great. That is cool. And, and I, I went to one of those meetings too. I don't think I was an official member, but Eddie told me about this Gold Club homebrew club, and I brought one of the original eggnog stout bottles to one of those meetings yeah. of the Black Ops. I don't know if it was one you guys were at, but um, a lot of people have gone through that Gold Club thing and sort of gone on to either brewery jobs or, um, in your case, starting your own brewery brand. Yeah. Um, it felt like it was a pretty small scene back then. Like, my, like I remember, we would like even meet people on Instagram. It would be like, remember like Chris Wormold and that, like just yeah. became friends with Eddie and you like on Instagram and we'd hang out at like Zapickle and drink craft beer. But there was, yeah. felt like there was only like a handful of people actually drinking craft beer then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it's really exploded, hasn't it? It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy what's happened since then. But, 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 but Burley Brewing were making some amazing beers and we were all sort of getting into that craft beer scene through them. Um, when did you guys do some some gold club sort of beers together or like like at what point did you decide to do do beers with each other um yeah well we i think from that double ipa we had uh brew up here and i think it was probably the first time I ever came out to your place mm. and it was we brewed this double ipa and i wanted to i was brewing a few myself and i was playing around with a um a co2 hop extract for it, which I'd heard they sort of were using over in the States. And I think I told Smokey about it and we were like, well, let's do this brew together. And, you know, it all went from there. And I think that sort of, I think we brewed like that pilot batch maybe five or six times. Right. Like over the course, I think Smokey had a couple of goes himself. I had a couple of goes before as well. Yeah. And yeah, it sort of went from there. We sort of whittled so it down and it really like, you know, the grain bill didn't change, but it was all about the the different percentage use or rateage of the hops that we tried and, and sort of how we wanted to tweak it based on our flavour profile we wanted. And what did you do with this beer? Just talk along to meetings or? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I know. Just I, gave it out to people? I think it just went on tap. For, for me, like, I, I, you know, I don't like the idea of, of bottling double IPAs. They should just go straight in the keg. So, yeah. like, I was pretty careful with my handling. Yeah. And, and, yeah, I just used to put them in the keg straight up and drink them. Yeah. So if I would have shared them with people here. I don't know about you, Lucky, do you? Yeah, I don't recall giving them to anyone besides sort of Gold Club members or kind of, probably you would have had a taste of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so how did you get from that to deciding to do one under like an actual brand and start an actual business? I'll leave that one to Lucky. Like, that, like when you were doing those ones, it wasn't yeah. Crumbin Valley Brewing, was it? No. No, no, but it wasn't long after that. That was the point where we went, yeah, look, let's let because I was selling beer already yep. in the cr in the craft beer market, and um, yeah, I was like, I can move this beer, like, let's have a go at it. And Luke said, well, let's start a partnership, and um, Luke got that organised, and off off we went. Um, thank courtesy to you guys at Black Ops at HQ. That's where we did our first batch of lookout. If you yeah, remember. that's yeah. right. First yeah, it was Gypsy. October 2016. It was ready, and um, yeah, so and off we went. Yeah, I think both of us sort of as well, like, I think we both had thought about investing in breweries. Like, I think we did, I think we both approached you about investing in possibly in Black Ops. Mm -hmm. And we sort of, like, 
I've sort of thinking about it and it's like, well, do I want to do that or should we just do our own thing, start something up ourselves and see what happens, sort of roll the dice on that. And yeah. you weren't working in the industry. Well, Smoker was working in sales in the industry, but you, you weren't working in the industry. Yeah, I wasn't working in the industry, but I'd ever since doing IT at uni, I'd run my own business. So yeah. I sort of, you know, have a little bit of business smarts on that sort of side of things, which I think probably helped out a little bit. So Definitely, far more yeah. than I did. Yeah, I think, and that's where we work together. I see myself as sort of an introvert. Like, I don't like doing things like this, really. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 I didn't give you a choice, did I? I fully put him in the spot. The people want to hear from you, mate. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, but, and yeah, I think that's where we work so well together because I, I wouldn't call Smokey an introvert, really, but I mean, he's a good with relationships and everything, with yeah. that, managing all of that and does a really good job on the sales. And you both as well, and you and both make the beer, which is cool too. Yeah, yeah and we're both super hands-on in the brewery. And That's right. It's, it's yeah. definitely a two-man operation in here. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's great. Like I love working with Luke. He's very easygoing, and he, he puts his head down, and goes for it. And I know I can trust him when he with all the stuff he needs to do, and it's fantastic. And we, we have a running joke. It comes from a previous job I've had with like Pete's World. It, I'm just prone. I think I just think a little bit differently to everyone else, and I'm just prone to doing things a bit differently which can mean that i stuff things up so right. I, I to, it's kind of good that lukey's patient with me but yeah it's good uh, apart from that i think we have a great time we fall into our roles and, and yeah. you know it, the brewery's getting pretty tweaked in so how so how do we get just skipping onto that so you so you did a contract brewing batch was were you thinking just do a gypsy brewing brand or were you thinking build your own brewery do you want to answer that one Luke? um yeah, I think sort of the goal was to eventually have our own setup. Like Gypsy Brewing is very hard. Like there's not a lot of money in it. We never made money when no. we were Gypsy Brewing. We did quite a lot of Gypsy Brews with, you know, we also went to Bacchus, went to Four, Four Hearts. Hearts. Yeah. Was anywhere else? Oh, Lost Palms. We did a brew there All right. as yeah. well. Yeah. And yeah. Ball Ballistic as well. We did, you know, bigger batches there, which was good. But I mean, it's great for getting the brand out there. But as for making money, it's like not that great. Yeah. So it's very difficult. Plus, you know, you're doing wholesale and like if I think if you could do gypsy brewing where you're selling packaged product directly at a retail margin, you know, that probably could be a viable business. But it's just something that wasn't available at the time. Yeah, well, because we canning wasn't really a thing then, yeah, that's was it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but for me, for my part of it too, like I bought this property with the the view to have a spring and to use it to make beer so that we're going back a long time ago it's nearly six years now yeah it'll be six years on the 16th of september so and in that time um you know i knew the spring water source was really good it was soft and it was good for beer and it was like because right, didn't it go. used to be a, a spring water it manufacturer did, yeah that's right so the shed we're sitting at now used to be a spring water facility yeah um, bottling spring water and sending it out green mountain spring water it was and um and anyway yeah so it was just a process of you know obviously working in the industry to try and work out how it could be done um learning a lot about water chem and um and constantly brewing beer and then luckily i met luke who um, um just brought to the table the strengths in himself or the weaknesses in mine yeah and um it, it allowed the dream to become a reality nice so, and yeah. um so you decided to build it at your property here which i guess has obviously some benefits but there's yeah, some downsides as well yeah and we had to weigh all those up and yeah fortunately like you know, with Luke's nuances it, 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 and strengths, it made it better for 
to be able to work out. I mean, we had a look at various sites, but with the name already in place from our time as Gypsy Brewers, it sort of, you know, it felt, <laughs> it felt better being here anyway. And I think it's a good place to start. Without the overheads of, of like a commercial lease, I think it's much easier to get going. Yeah. And ha- how did you do it? Like this is, it's a, it's a pretty sexy brewery, but it's but something <laughs> you, you definitely did a lot yourself, didn't you? You didn't, you didn't spend millions of dollars on it. Yeah. And it's funny that like, I, I know Luke's going to want to answer a bit of this and I definitely will let him, but like, I think it's, I heard this thing a while back was your network is your net worth. And um, it was really good to lean on some of my friends, like for, you know, previous jobs and just circles that helped us get it done. But Luke, I'm going to let you go because there's some really cool stuff that happened here in, in the build. Yeah, I mean, sort of, we're sort of on a path to buy sort of a brewery on a skid from China along with the fermenters yep. and sort of I'd price that up and then I think both Pete and myself, we spoke to Hendo and he was like, oh, maybe don't do that, come to Melbourne on a trip with it, with him and um, he'll take us around some breweries and we might get some ideas from what they're doing down there. And we sort of come back from that trip and had a picture to build the brew house out of dairy vats, upcycling those. So I think it was December, it was December, New Year's Eve, I think it was, where we actually pulled the trigger on some dairy vats. I'd found some on Gumtree, which they were out. So on the, the, yeah, yeah, in it's the middle of nowhere. 70Ks west <laughs> of Kingaroy. Yeah, and they were, we got three of them. So we got a 2000 litre kettle and then a 1400 litre hot liquor and then 1400 litre mashed louder ton. So we, we picked those up for, I think, $800 each. Wow. And then and we did that in one day. So we left here at about five in the morning and got back at about, I don't know, six or seven at night by the time the trailers were returned. And you'd ordered tanks before that, hadn't you, from memory? I think so. I Have think you, you I think yeah, you ordered yeah. tanks and you're, you're yeah. still waiting to find some dairy tanks. Yeah, we, yeah we I pulled, think so. We pulled the trigger on the, the tanks just because they had the longer lead time. Yeah. And we figured, well, we've got the tanks, we'll just get our butts into gear and we'll find, we have to find these dairy vats. So it was, you know, Gumtree helped us get yeah. those, which, yep. is, which is great. And then, you know, like Pete was saying, like he's got a network of people that have worked with stainless steel, like in previous jobs, and they've just helped us put all the bits and pieces together. That's awesome. Um, so. <coughs> can I ask you, what, was there a brewery in particular you saw using these dairy vats or w- was there something you saw that inspired you to do it? Uh, yes, I, I, I remember, um, remember Seven Cent Brewery okay. um, was, was using dairy vats and that was really one of the ones Was Moondog one of them? No, I didn't actually go to Moondog. Okay. I still haven't been there. I'd love to go, but yep. yeah, just haven't, it hasn't fallen into place yet. But Yeah, right. Yeah, I okay. met Carl recently though. I'm keen to go. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I met him randomly the other day. The new that new brewery. Epic. Oh, that looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think also on that, there was Tallboy and Moose okay. as oh, well. Right. Yeah, they, they had a really cool setup. Does. Yeah, they, they opted to go for that so they could afford to do their tap room. I think yep. so yep. yeah which is it's an awesome little venue there they've got I've, I've I'd not been to there. Go there again because Where is yeah, it? I'm sure they've reinvested and reinvested in making it like flow better and stuff just the same way we have and um yeah if the innovation they had even then in the very early stages to get around things cheaply was really impressive Whereabouts was that I think oh actually I can't remember I yeah, think I'm Preston somewhere Yeah around. I think in, in Preston area I think okay. yeah. from, from memory yeah Yeah um, and All In had, had that as well up until like six months ago too, didn't oh, they? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I think they were doing the same thing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it's good to know it can be done. Yeah. yeah very cool. in our case. Yeah. And didn't you do something pretty wild with your boiler as well to get that going? 
Yeah, well, that was a tricky thing because we originally we were going to use just electric elements. So you have an electric-fired kettle and same with the HLT. Um, the problem with that, I would spoke to the, the guys at Torboy and Moose and sort of told them how much power we had up here. I think we only have 23 kilowatts available. So we've got three phase, which is perfect for a brewery. And um, yeah, we just didn't have the power. I, I, I spoke, I think it was Dan at Torboy and Moose and he sort of said, that's gonna take you, you know, three hours to get to boil. Right. Or you might, you may never get to boil. Yeah. Which is, Rural you know. Town. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was, um, yeah, just a problem we had to solve with that. Like, um, and the, the dairy vats that we have, have jackets on them because they used to be used to chill the milk down. Yep. So I got to thinking, well, we can't use steam because steam's expensive. You got, you know, $60,000 to... Yeah, 60, yep. 60 grand to get a steam boiler, new, secondhand. You probably saw what happened with our boiler too. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, like, I, shit, I we don't want to go through that. Stories, yeah. I, I'd read the story. In but the, we looked into um, like gas firing too. And like that was going to be a hassle because underneath the vats is jacketed as well. So like cutting mm. that out and yeah, it was going to be a nightmare. So Luke came up with this brilliant solution, which is... <laughs> yeah, well, I, I came across using a thermal fluid heater to heat the system. It, it operates basically with like a triple coil and a big sort of flamethrower that like shoots flames down the middle heating up this thermal fluid so instead of steam it's heating up a specialized liquid which is the thermal fluid it's like an oil of some sort yeah it's just an oil which has the you know the thermal properties to you know maintain that temperature yeah so i think it's it's similar to you know different to glycol for chilling it's, down it's like the yeah, opposite of the yeah. same same principle to that and um the problem, though, was heating that. Either we could run a heap of LPG gas bottles or we could try to solve it some other way. And I was looking on Alibaba, I think it was, and um, come across a waste oil burner. Boom. <laughs> which, um, yeah, runs off used, used motor oil. And so that, that, that burner gives us 120 kilowatts of power. So it's... Um, and you know it's, it's pretty it's like yeah it's pretty dirty like really like it's dirty to use like to be filling the tanks with with the waste oil but apart from that the emissions are really clean yeah so yep. uh, and like yeah as long and as you're reasonably careful. cheap to run i assume well it's, it's my time going down to like i've struck up a friendship with the local mechanics um crumb and radiators down here in, in crumb and waters and um yeah we basically have a little setup going where if i need oil i can just like send them a text message and and basically just i've got like a hand pump oil thing it costs about 70 bucks from memories from trade tool nice and um yeah i'll just go down there and hand pump oil um in, into the 20 liter drums and into the back of the van and drive them back up here and um th those guys have, have been really supportive of the brand too and they actually got us ended up getting us a tap because they've got uh, like you know kind of a l some land in esque that they go out to and and um they, they uh, promote us shared shared a growler i gave them just to say thanks one day <laughs> nice. with, the, with the publican and he put us on tap out oh there. no way yeah, yeah oh that's awesome uh, yeah it's pretty cool so yeah, it's some really nice things that happen in the community and i'm all about that it's great that is cool. Yeah. Um, so what about the branding aspect of things? You, you, you decided early on to call it Crumbin Valley Brewing, um, but you've, you've done a really good job with creating a brand that so many people know about and even just something that looks like your, your branding looks really cool, but it also looks different, which is it's, it's becoming more and more rare. It's very, very hard to 
create cans and decals and things that actually look different to everyone else's. I'm, I'm finding a lot of brands are coming out now. They just look the same as someone else. Um, how did all that come about? Can, can I say something on that just for a sec? Yeah. Like, I really want Luke to talk about this because he, he's a master when it comes to this sort of stuff. He's very, he'll be very humble about it, but I do want to prop him a bit because he's very, very talented at what he did. And, and early on, um, he was doing great stuff before we approached the Fat Face Studios guys. And that process itself I'll let t- Luke talk about too. But, um, you know, this great bubblegum sour can Luke's put together and I think it really shows the talent that he has. And, um, yeah, that's I just wanted to plug that before Luke got, got away too much. Yeah. I don't think he'd give himself the kudos he, he deserves. That's, why I'm, that's why I'm asking the question because yeah, you're yeah. forcing him to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And, and I really – the process like is, is great. It's good fun. I enjoy it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. I should say we're drinking this great bubblegum sour now, which we didn't mention, and you forget sometimes it's audio so people can't, yeah. people can't see us. But, it's yeah, it's an amazing beer. Yeah, but yeah, over to you, Licky. Yeah, I think the whole start, like, I like playing around with, like, brands and stuff. And, like, I, like, really enjoyed coming up sort of with our sort of initial logo that we went, went with. And um, it's just something, you know, I'm a, still a bit self-conscious with that. I don't think it's up to the standard to be, to eventually become a national brand. Like, I kind of want to pass that over to someone that sort of has more experience and has actually sort of done some study and in that sort of area of the of, of branding and design and that sort of thing but um yeah i i guess that's sort of why the, some of the reasons why we decided to do the rebranding over overall um just i i sort of had taking inspirations from some of the other breweries to try not fall into doing what everyone else is doing yeah like I like to bring that sort of art to the cans because I think that has, there's not many people doing that. It's an expensive thing to it, do. It is, yeah. Like yep. they, it costs a lot of money to get really good illustrators. It's also it's also to, expensive to, to fully label cans at small volume too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a lot of work. Yeah, so it's um, but yeah, it's just a, it's a point of difference. And once you like, as as long as you're brewing the beer more than once. I think, you know, you can spread that cost over multiple batches. If you're doing it for just a one-off release, it becomes a very expensive process and you're going to probably end up losing a fair bit of coin on that. Yeah. So I think, like, when we were wholesaling, we were relying on pretty much three batches to pay for, like, any design work we'd had. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Did you give any thought to doing sort of, like, because a lot of your beers are sours, um, did you give any thought to doing sort of nice flashy like elegant looking bottles or did you just think cans uh, the whole way that's a good question yeah we sort of have packages with our designers like where we decide on you know like uh, several things over a time frame and um and yeah I, the the uh, bottle has been in in plan but it i still don't think it has been executed but th- with that in mind luke's done some great stuff just on his own with it so we'll we'll see how we go but yeah, well, on the, like you know, we do have plans to to bottle some some beer. It's going to be more barrel aged beers. That just we yep. haven't sort of we you know we're flat out the two of us in what we're doing at the moment. We haven't really got the chance to do that. I think we might pull the trigger on some barrels very sh- very soon. Nice. Yeah, I remember so, like when you were first talking about starting, you were sort of I thought talking about doing an actual sort of barrel aged brand yeah but that takes time right yeah. so yeah you know we had to start with the clean beers and and wholesaling them and then it was lucky with the gabs when that timed in pretty well with us being ready to do cans and it really is, has, has enabled us to do that especially without um any means for 
the retail margin that a cellar door or something like that would would give us access to so you know the, the can sales have uh, have really helped there yeah that that was going to be my next question so so um i remember when when Gabs came around this year I, I didn't go to the brisbane one but i was just sort of following it on social media mm. and all i heard about was this great bubblegum sour beer and i just thought fuck these boys might oh, i should probably should stop swearing in the podcast but i thought no, no, shit, it's these me being <laughs> honest yeah. i got in trouble in the last podcast for swearing too much but yeah no i just thought shit these the boys could could take this out there was there was so much after that event there was so much love for that beer and i thought is that is that because it's in queensland or but it just kept going throughout the whole the whole of gabs i think for me personally like um it was it was really like we just luke had the idea for this beer and i'll let him talk about that more but really it was just about ec- the execution of the beer from where I stood. It, it had to be like the best possible, you know, it's Gabs. We've been going yep. to it for years. I love Gabs. And the reason I love it is because it's like a brewer's expression session. So I see it as like the opportunity to land a triple backflip twist, no hand landing sort of thing, right, for a brewer. So that's what we wanted to do was like make the most interesting beer. This style that Luke had come up with or the idea I thought was brilliant and we just had to nail it. So, yeah. Um, and we just made it the best we could. So... Yeah, I'll let Luke talk a bit more about that though, because I know there's there's more to it, the process that we went through and stuff, and and um yeah, so go ahead, Luke. Yeah, I had sort of the whole concept of the the beer doing great bubblegum as a sour like quite a few years ago. I tried to pilot batch it a couple of times at home, and just failed miserably at it. Like it just didn't taste how I wanted it. I didn't even give any to Smokey to try because I just. <laughs> I've, I still have a little 10 litre keg with some of this pilot batch in it. It's sitting in the corner, like not even in the fridge. And I think I put some Brett or something in it to see <laughs> right. if it could make it interesting. And <laughs> it's just been sitting there like next to my keg fridge. So it's, um, but yeah, when, when it come to actually applying to Gabs for the idea, Craig just loved the idea. It was, was, this, was this the first year you've done a Gabs beer? Yes. Yes. That's insane. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to wait till we had our own setup because it's just Gabs. You know, you you've got to have a bit of margin to work with them with the set pricing and yeah, like you know th- they do a great job organising the whole festival. So I'm not saying that the pricing isn't right there, but um, yeah, it's uh, originally I had applied for it to go in the new collab section for this year, but and I reached out to I think Mars Wrigley, which owned the brand. And they, I couldn't get past their PR person. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't even get an answer of a call or anything either to back that up. I bet they're regretting that decision. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they would be, but anyway. But yeah, so I mean, Craig was fortunate enough. I sort of told him, well, they don't want to have a part of it. You know, do you still even want us to brew the beer? And he was, he said, yeah, that's fine. So keep, keep going. We love the concept of the whole thing. And um yeah, sort of went from there. Like it's, it was probably one of the most difficult beers we've made. We trying trying to nail the flavour and the smell of it. Like you crack a can, you can smell it from five meters away. Thank goodness, yeah, it's great, <laughs> isn't it? And the yeah. colour's pretty appealing too. And the colour too, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that's one thing with Gabs. Not to shit on other brewers that are doing festival beers there, but I think you really have to try nail the beer like it's got to deliver what it says on the yeah. on the description we've learned that from from backers either winning yeah. it or or, or yeah. placing every time they enter with some crazy peanut beer or something yeah, yeah yeah and um i think you know you can have some of them where the people say oh it's not you can't have one more than one tin of it and I, I was a little bit worried of that and you know we did little experiments 
you know, actually in little shot glasses tasting the beer as well to make sure it delivered the flavour in that, you know, that small format as well. And yeah. But I mean, I, I was happy with how it turned out at the festival. I mean, I drank probably five or six of them. Yeah, well, that's, it was hard having to pay for our own beer at the festival. <laughs> yeah. but, but, I, I yeah, thought that would be something it. that you'd enjoy having I really a brewery. Did. I can tell you now, there was lots of fun. It, it was very emotional for me too. And But I think the thing is, is like we had no idea the beer was going to go this well. It was just, it really was just us making the best possible, in our minds, what the beer should be. And that's what we did. Yeah. And it got there and we're stoked for the reception it received. And we never, I, I mean, every three weeks, four weeks after, even a month after, you know, like... I'd turn to Luke and say, imagine if we won Gavs, you know, like just because like yeah. who wins Gavs? Like, I know. It's just ridiculous. Oh, I, as soon as I saw the hype after that first session, I'm like, far out, these boys might win. But ironically, the the feedback I've heard about this beer and, and what I would say about it as well is you can drink more than one, which is actually pretty rare for a beer that wins Gavs. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I mean, you know, I tend to have, unless the beer is like really, really big, like in terms of ABV, I have a three schooner rule for for beers that I that I make and you know it's got to be that yeah because like even from a sales perspective you know you have to move it so yeah well that's that's right that's yeah. what yeah, we struggle with that too it's like you, you, at the end of the day you're making a lot of this beer and you got to sell it and it's, yeah. you can't be too crazy but you've you've brewed a beer that is crazy and is also well drinkable which is which is probably why you won um what what kind of impact has that had on your business <laughs> oh it's been well we we originally wanted to launch by launch our online store so selling directly to our fans and consumers yeah because the current site we're here we you know a cellar door isn't really viable so we're losing that um losing that retail part of the business which i mean at our scale with a 14 heck brew house doing wholesale just by itself is really really difficult yeah it's a huge challenge a lot of people say you know that they wouldn't have their business if it wasn't for the tap room yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've spoke when we were down on that Gabs tri- trip. I've spoke to some people, and they were sort of saying, "Well, you shouldn't bother doing wholesale unless you're doing half a million liters at least a year." Which, I mean, you know, we're, we're nowhere near it, that. Yeah, we're nowhere near that. Like it's, um, yeah, I feel like I've gone off on a <laughs> crazy thing. Of yeah, what and the like question was the, the, the um the wholesale market, you know. The revenue isn't that high for obvious reasons. You need it, but it's also like... It's us, relevance. Yeah, but it's also Brisbane for the most part. I mean, you'd know right. that too, right? So that's it's such a wonderful scene there. Not that it hasn't built up here on the Gold Coast and Northern Rivers. rivers but um, And I don't get as far as the Sunny Coast, but I know it's booming out there as well. But mm. the thing is, is like... Um, you know, for me, it's 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 a long drive. It's, it's at least three hours if there isn't any delays, like there and back. So it's a big day, yeah. Like, and there's no point leaving any time after two and before six, really, on the way back. So I'd stay up there for a fair while and get quite back quite late. And I was doing that um, for other brands as well when I was like, you know, helping them out too. So it's a, it's a mission. It <laughs> is, yeah. And and um, so the the online stuff, I guess, is is your version of a tap room. It's a, like it's a thing where you can get paid for your beer straight away. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's sort of where we've decided to just not wholesale any cans because, I mean, we, we're we using mobile canners, guys, Scott at Craft Punks, yep. to help us out, like, pull this off. And um, it's it's just one of those things. We need to have a retail margin. Selling it online is really the only way we can do that. And, you know, we're actually built up a little bit of cash flow in the business, so we've got a bit of a buffer. 
We um we still haven't paid ourselves though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, yeah, we are reinvesting into the business all the time though. So, you know, that's that's important. Yeah, I think sort of we're on track. We're talking about possibly putting a, throwing a cu- couple extra tanks in the shed here. Oh, nice. So we're probably on track to put a deposit down on those. So um, thank you to everyone who's bought our cans online. Thank yeah, you very much. Well, that that was that was the question: is, is how how much of an impact has it been? Just the, the timing of this and the launch of the online, like, is it is it is a game changer? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it it is like the sales have been sort of amazing. Like I've never seen anything like I've done a little bit of online sales and stuff before. I've never seen sort of the volume we're turning over on the online store. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, it's just great to be able to get the beer out there. I mean, there's a lot of challenges in there. Getting to working with couriers like they're my nightmare at the moment. Yeah, trying to get Pe- people posting on people. social media saying I don't have my great bubblegum sour yet. Yeah, I try to deal with most of that, but I think Luke's really referring to more of the the you know the complications like return to sender that sort of stuff as well, right? And yeah, and, and just just you know trying to get get an Australia Post account set up, just providing it because I mean I think it's a big sell to ask people to buy beer online when they can just walk into a bottle shop that's right and it's don't and tell it's, them that don't it's tell expensive them that. too i mean <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but right. i mean you expensive. can't buy what you guys are making at dan murphy's so. yeah exactly we've, we've had to decide that, that you know it's just the way it is i yeah. think yeah offering affordable shipping though as well it's very it's like it's a difficult thing to try solve yeah you know and you know we're doing we're doing all of the east coast we added wa in south australia in the last batch so it's um yeah, there's challenges in that which you know we're trying to overcome and just make the whole experience of people getting their beer better. Yep. And is the plan to kind of just keep rebrewing this beer for as long as the market wants it, or or just do different different versions? Or I think a bit of both, really. I mean, ultimately, we don't want to be a one-hit wonder, um, and we don't want to always be making the same beer. We're limited by our tank space here a little bit as to what we can make. Um, we definitely. You know, as long as people want bubblegum sour, I think we'll make it. Yeah. You know, like, um, I enjoy making it. Um, and, you know, I also enjoy drinking it. And so <laughs> I know it's expensive, but really we're, we're not, you know, we're not making a lot out of it. Like you talked about in the last episode, excise is a serious part of it. And, um, yeah, um, <laughs> that's it, really. You know, I think we want to make more exciting beers because we like to drink more exciting beers as well. And, you know, we've got to have local, which is kind of a bread and butter beer. But like Luke said, it's probably not the best beer to put in cans because you can just go and buy a pale ale for much cheaper it's, at yeah, the local shops. super competitive. You know? So, like, we, we're in the position now where we've got to make some pretty exciting beers, and we are, so it's good. Nice. Well, as a consumer, I'm excited about that. Um so let's get into some of these questions. We've got a Facebook group where people have asked questions ahead of time. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to skip over the ones that aren't appropriate, but most <laughs> of them... <laughs> 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 They'd be my favourite, wouldn't they? Okay, all right, fine. I'll ask the first one. When is Smokey starting nude gardening classes? Oh, yeah, that's a nice one. Well, um, if you come up here on the wrong day unannounced, you might catch me. That's part of the reason why I've got the sign down the bottom of the driveway. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no. um, the garden's probably fallen a little bit by the wayside. It's it's ready for a turnover now. It is that time of the year where it's good to change over for a summer crop and a few things. But yeah, no, but, um, I don't do nude um, gardening day. Uh, it's a little bit close to home. So <laughs> I've got kids. Never, but ne- never say never. We'll see how the online yeah, sales yeah, go. We'll yeah, go from there. I don't think you want to see that anyway. So it's all good. Um, Scotty Imlock says was a part of your business plan to launch bubblegum the way they had as it's been a very high demand or was it by chance the way the public responded to it yeah do you want to answer that one luke because i will if not no you can have a stab at it yeah i mean look 
it's what we said before. We we just tried to make the best beer we could. It's definitely caught us off guard, like how well it's gone, the demand for it and all that. But I think at the end of the day, um, the kind of whole supply versus demand things kind of worked in our favour. I think Luke's managed it very well from a business perspective. And um, yeah, like we, we certainly weren't planning it. it. It's just, it was our shot at Gabs and we weren't going to half ass it. So yep. yeah, it, it just is, it's a surprise to us that it worked out as well as it did. Um, but yeah, we never would have dreamed of winning Gabs, dude. Um, but at the same time, um, we're really chuffed and we're just trying to keep up. Yeah, and you did double down on it though, didn't you? Like as soon as that happened, you kind of went, okay, well, this is... Like, was that always the plan to bring that out as the first can or were you like, let's just make more of this? Well, I basically pre-sold all but a handful of... Not even a handful, like a couple of kegs of the first batch. Um, when we talk about batches in kegs, we're talking about 25 kegs. It's not a lot of beer. Yeah. And, like you can pretty move that pretty easily in the local market. And... Um, once the the kind of hype had started at the Brizzy Gavs, like it was pretty clear we needed to make another batch of the beer, and um and that and we and Luke just was like yeah let's he'd crunched some figures and just gone yeah let's let's do this, so into cans right. Yeah, I think after we after the Gavs Brisbane, I think we made that decision because I think at Gavs you can sort of get a vibe of you know you can certainly get a vibe of what people are digging and you know what might be popular and be up there so i mean like you said oh, we weren't sure whether it was just because we were up in brisbane or if that would yeah. carry over to the other states but um yeah i mean if it if it did flop in the other states well we could just sell them kegs and we're you know we're only going to sell the kegs likely in queensland anyway so that's sort of i think how it all rolled nice yeah, yeah well I, I was at gab sydney and i still hadn't tried the beer and i went to try it about I don't know, 45 minutes after it opened or something and it was all gone. So definitely <laughs> definitely didn't flop into state. Yeah. Wow, it's incredible, isn't it? I think that was kind of fairly much the theme across across most of the Gab session, which was which is in incredible in itself. Like, yeah, still pretty blown away by that. Yeah. And it's not like there wasn't bad beers there. You know, it wasn't like, a, yeah, there was, it was a lot of interesting beers there. Yeah. Uh, some standouts for me was the... Uh, Rampant Raspberry by Blaster Brewery. I hadn't heard of them before, but that was a great beer. And Ben Spoke did an incredible Lambic. Yeah, that yeah, was amazing. Really that one. I don't think but I had that one. I, yeah. yeah. There was, and, you know, there's there just so many good beers. And, um, yeah, just to uh, just to come out there, yeah, blown away. Very cool. Um, all right, next question. This is from Paul Simpson. Um, how's plans for your cellar door going? <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Simo. Yeah, like, uh, uh, well, yeah, they're going. They definitely are going. But it's like, um, there's a lot of hurdles and, and things to to deal with there. And um, we've had a look at a couple of venues. There's a few things popping up. Um, you know, it, I'll probably let Luke talk about this as well. But really, for me, I, I'd still kind of like to do something in the valley. Um, but yeah, we have to be aware of the fact that it's. It's probably not as feasible as well. I know the locals really want it, um, but are they going to be enough to maintain the business? And mm. pro the answer that's probably no. There are a lot of cars that come out here. Also, if people are going to drink out here, the roads are like you know pretty windy for people who aren't here a lot. So there's kind of a I guess the hippie in me comes out, but there's a bit of karmic stuff involved with that. You know, if we, we've got to be responsible for if there's any accidents or or things like that on the yeah. road, plus extra traffic on the road too as a result of that. So yeah, look. Um, the cellar door is a, a bit of a challenge, but either way, I think really as a brewery, our size, we need to have it. So, 
Um, yeah. Is there yeah. anything? Do you think there's anything in the new um, craft beer strategy that might might make it easier for you? Uh, that like it's something they've talked about doing like the satellite cellar door yeah, type concept. I'm not sure if the based on the like just because I think that's covering the licensing aspect of it, so you don't need another license. Like, I mean, I don't see that as a huge help. Like, I think. Mm. The thing I see probably more is difficult sort of where we've got the brand as Crum and Valley Brewing. So it's, you know, we're sort of tied to that area. So it's difficult to try work out where we're going to place the cellar door, but still ta- stay true to that sort of brand. But yeah. it's still a, f- it's a, f- it's a founding story, isn't it? Like there's plenty of precedent for businesses being founded in one place and then going on to go somewhere else. Yeah, but yeah, I think, true. I think yeah. another aspect of it is, and we, we, sort of mentioned it earlier is that we have the plan in the business to do barrel age stuff and that sort of side of things needs to be separate from from the clean beers really so that's another reason why we haven't leapt into it here so i think if we were to go to a new site this one up here would still remain relevant we'd still be producing yeah barrel age beers and and it's if if not if we're still doing clean beers here then you know, there'd be kind of a pilot batch sort of scenario and something that we could sell at the cellar is something like, yeah, it's a bit special because it was made at the farm, not yeah, right. here or something, right? So yep. Yeah, and anything that was packaged, like i.e. in champagne bottle or something like that, could still be sold at, a, at our cellar or satellite cellar in that scenario. Um, Daniel Schmidt says, what has been your biggest hurdle getting to where you are now? Geez, that's a tough question. Uh, my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm totally I'm cutting that out. I'm in the I'm in the sin bin. Um, no, she hasn't. She's been really supportive. But like, you know. Danielle, if you're listening, thank you for your support. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it's, you know, this is my family home up here. So, um, yeah, that's that's been a big part of it. It's wonderful to be able to do it. But at the same time, that's part of the reason why we can't have a cellar door here too. Yeah. Where, where we're sitting. It's, it's, your, you, it's your house. You have the house first and then you have the brewery. So the, my bedroom is 20 metres away from where we're, we're sitting having this conversation. So yeah, it's, that's, that's one of the things. I think it's like, really, it's, there's all pros and cons, right? But there's probably been others. What, what other stuff have we come yeah. across? Like, like finances or? Um, I think we've yeah, been we've fairly well like managing that. I try to be very careful what we're spending our money on and, you know, like I said, it's it's easy to maintain sort of healthy finances when you're not paying a lease and, right, you're and not, not paying, paying yourself. yourself. Yeah. You're just putting it all back into the business, but um it's I think probably the biggest hurdle for me in my mind would be just trying to grow that wholesale business and thinking we could make money just off doing that. And then, you know, we, we did have plans to always sell online and do that aspect of it, but it was sort of, it, it was really tough until we started doing that. Like, I think from the f- managing the finances on that side of the business. I yeah, think. so when was Gav's like, you know, from the time when we had that, we, we sort of started in October. Our first brew was in like yeah, the start so of October. Second of October, yeah. And then, so Gav's was, I think Brisbane was somewhere around Anzac Day, I think from memory. And... And then, it, you know, by the time the sort of hype and we had cans out, when was that? Like, probably talking uh, maybe June? Yeah. So there's a few months there, you know. We're kind of talking like eight months of, of really smashing it. Like, yeah, you know, trying to do wholesale kegs um, on very small volume in a pretty strange place or very unique place anyway. 
it had a lot of it had a lot of challenges but like we we knew that like our beers had some traction because we'd done the gypsy brewing side of things yeah yep. and you already had customers and contacts and all of that and yeah that's right so that, that would help that a lot really helped i think i think also is probably some of the logistics side of it like getting our equipment here like it's a very <laughs> it's, a, it's a very <laughs> difficult yeah, site I forgot to about actually that. get get trucks coming in it's like hard enough to just drive up the driveway yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that's it yeah um that, that, that's definitely a, a good one like we couldn't get 40 foot containers up here so everything had to, had to come in 20 foot containers there's a there's a load limit on a bridge before you get to the property here so all these sorts of restrictions are the same ones that go back to reasons why we couldn't have a cellar door yeah. here probably as well you know yeah um, Reese Lockhead says I, I read somewhere you wanted to make beers ingredients within a certain distance from the brewery is that still um, something you guys focus on? Well, I think like you can't get much closer than our water supply. <laughs> you know, it's probably I could I could chuck a rocket at it from here. It's not much further away than my bedroom. Um, so given that's ninety something percent of beer or whatever, that, then we've got that pretty well covered. Uh, grain we're using border malt as much as possible. Yep. That's our base malt, and that's uh, where possible it comes from uh, the border of Queensland and, and New South Wales out west, and goes to Pinkham Bar and gets malted and comes back to us. Uh, it went obviously hops well. Um, you know, there is Hilltop Hops Farm. I think there's a few others locally and stuff. But, um, you know, from my understanding of hops, um, number one is if you want to grow them in Queensland, don't let your goats anywhere near them because they just, just demolish them when I've tried to grow um, hops here. Also, you need to be further away latitudinally from um, the, like, tropic or the equator or, or the Tropic of Capricorn or Cancer. So that's why they grow better down in Victoria, Tasmania and, and New Zealand. There's yep. a slim band. And that, I think that has to do with day length and therefore yield. So um, that's about as much as I know. But what I, what I know is that it's not really, you're not going to do very well growing hops here. So yeah. we're, we're really, st we will try to source hops. We still want good hops, right? You know, so like in the, they're, they're an integral component of beer, like we said earlier, like starting with Lookout as a double IPA is pretty much testimony to the fact that we love hops. And if we're going to use them, we want to use you know, punchy ones are, are great to do the job we intend to do. Yeah, at the end um, of the day, most people drinking the beer are going to want great flavour and not know, and to, let's be honest, really care what hops are in it. Yeah, and I don't know how many people actually know that about the Tropic of Cancer or Tropic of Capricorn and, and mm. you know, what latitude hops are grow in that band that hops grow in and why and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, I think um, with all due respect, it, it's like we, we still have to try to get the best ingredients and we are limited to that a bit but with that in mind as well probably queensland is well suited to like kettle sours or sour beers really because you know you don't need a lot of hops and mm. we've got great produce like that's readily available i've put in 40 trees of of interesting stuff we've got 52 kensington pride mangoes in the property i've got paul paul's passion fruit i've got um lemon myrtle just behind the brewery here that we use in our mango and lemon myrtle sour which i'm hoping will make a comeback soon and yeah so it's it's sort of like, we, we, yeah, where possible we do. Yeah. But um, when it comes to hops, we, we just, we're buying them off Australian like folk, <laughs> really, you know, businesses. So yeah. if that counts as something, we're oh, still well, supporting I mean, Australia just, just growing your own things like lemon myrtle and mango and all that they're putting into the beer is rare enough in itself. There's, there's probably not too many breweries that actually grow anything that they put into the beer yeah that's right i mean but there's some there's some places that i am envious of like you mm. know um van diemen's like doing proper estate ales that that appeals to me on a massive level yeah you know? and um i can't wait to go down there uh, i've tried some of the beers and and the estate ales it was fantastic so yeah i'm excited that that sort of stuff really gets me going i think it's cool so yeah, yeah. 
Nice. All right, a couple more questions. Um, I, th- I feel like you probably answered this one. Mark Mark Chislett says, um, what's the plan with canning? Um, is it going to be a regular thing with expansion to local shops? And what other beers are you planning on canning? You sort of answered the whether or not you'll be selling it to shops. Yeah, it, it's just not the go. Yeah, we, thought we, we will be doing it. I hope to be doing at least one or two canning runs a month. Like if we can get these new tanks in, we'll probably be at that stage where we might bother to do two runs in a month. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's going to stay the same. Probably buying it online, just from our s- website. We can't. We just don't have the margin really to be doing wholesale cans at our scale. Yep. So, um, sorry, Smokey. Yeah, no. I, was, I, I just wanted to thank um, the customers that do help us in wholesale still, particularly with the kegs. I, I know that I don't get to get out to it much. So, um, if you do see our kegs on tap or do want our beer on tap when you go into venues please ask for it and um get those guys to get in touch with me because i will definitely look after them yeah um, but i just don't have the ability to get away like i used to be able to when the wholesale keg game was the focus of the business and now we've thrown cans in um to the mix it's it's become a lot more difficult so um yeah. do you have plans on getting your own canning set up or is it it's not really worth the investment for that I think, yeah, I mean, it's that, that's the idea goal in the end, but I mean, it probably would be when we do a cellar door and if that cellar door is going to be a second brewery, which, you know, probably th- it's looking like it could be that way. Yeah, it but almost has to be, doesn't it? You can't just sort of open up and just start selling beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, then you're just a bar, really. Yeah, like I wonder if it's a product. different different regulation for like a barrel room. I don't really know what they consider that to be, but... I guess we'll find that out when yeah. we cross that bridge. Yeah, yeah. Because because really, you should be able to just open something where you brew here and put it into barrels at a different location. Mm. Well, I think like you could almost answer that question though too about the canning line, right? I mean, like you guys um, use craft punks for yeah. a while, and and that therefore you'd have it on paper that like you know you can pay this much, and the banks can see it pretty clearly if you need to borrow the money, right? I yeah. know Luke and I have had this discussion, and so really, if we were going to go down that that track, like we'd have to be doing it for long enough to prove to the banks that, you know, we need the money because we yeah. all we'd be putting um, hands up to investors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a whole other minefield. Mm. Um, and Mark's second question was, and I like this one, what's your favourite beer of all time that isn't your own creation? Oh, that is the hardest <laughs> question. Luke yeah. and I spoke about this if it came up. And for me, I, I stopped counting how many individual beers I had around 2,500 and that was probably... I don't know. Yeah, you used like, to be the king of untapped, didn't you? you yeah, know? I really... Well, I didn't want to have this shed full of empty cans and beer bottles. So um, it needed to be a brewery at some point. So untapped really from the beginning, um, I, I, that was my shed full of beers really. And, yep. and, uh, um, and it really showed my journey early on, like what I was doing. And, and then Instagram sort of started happening and I was conflicted as to posting on both and how I was going to do it. So Instagram got some and untapped got some and eventually I just couldn't be bothered anymore checking them in and i did remember i remember i got to a point where i was like i'm not gonna if, if a beer is not worth four stars i'm not gonna rate it anything because yep. it's not fair on the breweries it's kind of like a google a, a google review and then um and if something was was four or better i'd definitely give it like reason why so and and then after a while i was just like you know i just can't be bothered i just want to drink a beer sometimes and not really have to yep. completely review it and um yeah, so that was sort of the way the journey went for me with that. Still got to answer the question, mate. Yeah, what, what was the question again? Did <laughs> What's I your favourite beer of all time that's Dude, not yours? <laughs> uh, look, I can, if I go back to some back in the day, like I reckon the first grey import of um, Ballast Point Sculpin I had was, oh, yeah. was a pretty 
pretty standout one, like just being like, holy smokes. And then for a malt-driven beer, like Killer Sprocket Bandit was really, mm. really interesting beer. And, and their Amber Ales were really good. Like, I don't know, man. There's just so many great beers. Like, how, how do you pick one? It's like picking a favourite child. And it, that's <laughs> naughty. <Yeah. laughs> what about you, Lakey? Yeah, I think for me, like, I'm... I love fruited sours, so, I mean, and I've been fortunate enough to have a couple of trips over to the States. I love what um, Cascade in um, Portland, Portland are doing. Yeah. They make some really, really nice fruited sours. Um, I think, you know, Rodenback Alexander, that's a really nice beer as well. So, yeah, that's probably the best I could Ooh, answer that. I just that. thought of another so. one that I loved, uh, Hop Zombie from Epic. Oh, just, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. That was just a solid beer for ages for me. If I ever saw it, it was like, buy on site, get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I often did. Nice. Well, you did actually did a pretty good job at answering that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and a couple of people asked this question, what, or a version of this question, what's, what's next? I'll let you go first, Leaky. Well, I think sort of we answered a little bit of that before. Hopefully, we can add these two more tanks. We'll keep keep canning. Um, we are sort of doing some investigations and planning on opening a second site. Just not sure on the time frame. I'd like to see that happen probably in the next 18 months. So, um, yeah, that's probably a general There's overview a of how yeah. I see everything yeah. going. I just want to keep pumping out really good beers that we both love. Do you, yeah. do you see yourself getting to the point of this being your full-time sort of paid job? That's definitely the goal, without a doubt. I mean, I'm, I don't have any other source of income other than like an investment property up in Brizzy. And um, yeah, it's, it's eating away into it. So um, it's, you know, it is what it is. That, it's my dream. It's my passion. It has been for a long time. And um, yeah, it's what I want to see happen, definitely. Nice. Yeah. Well, I couldn't be happy if you guys too biggest legends in the industry yeah um, thanks man. Yeah, stoked thanks. to see your success and i wish you very well in the future <laughs> and thanks for coming on the podcast oh mate Cheers. thank you very much for having us yeah thank you i went walking down the road and i saw a donkey he only had three legs he was a wonky donkey wonky donkey wonky donkey yeah I was walking down the road and I saw a donkey. He hawed. Only had three legs and one eye. He was a winky wonky donkey. Winky wonky donkey. Winky wonky donkey, yeah. I was walking down the road and I saw a donkey. He hawed. Only had three legs and one eye. I like to listen to country music. Yee He was a honky donkey winky. Wonky donkey. Honky tonky, winky wonky donkey. I was walking down the road and I saw a donkey. He haw, he haw.